Today, I have a special guest, Brian Burneman. Brian is co-founder of Conscious Action and starting a movement for people to get more balanced and more along the lines of where they want their path to go. He is um, co-founder of this company, and his whole goal is to help people find the path that they need to be on and become a better version of themselves. And that's why I wanted to bring him on this show. This is a health show, but Brian helps people um, incorporate all kinds of areas in their life to become a whole person. And I think that's important. Even though we're talking about health, again, it's not necessarily the absence of disease, but it's to become balanced. So today on the show, we're going to be talking about finding balance and conscious living from our expert. Thank you, Brian, for joining us on the show. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation, as you say, really important topics that we can all, even me, keep on learning about them and doing. So thank you. Yeah, no, no, I agree. And I wanted to bring this to consciousness, so to speak, because I'm a big proponent in my own programs. Everybody knows I do predominantly weight loss, but I do and manage so many other other medical problems. And it's really important for me that people kind of live in the moment and this and, and bring everything to conscious or what I also call mindfulness. So is, this is kind of what you do. So tell me, what is your definition of conscious living? Yeah, so thank you for that. There are so many different ways of talking about it. And I think that each of us need to come to what does that mean? For me, conscious living means, and you actually chose the right words there for me, consciousness and present. For me, the more that I'm able to be present in myself, understand my connection with my inner world and understand my connection with the outer world, and that is other beings, the environment, this planet Earth, when I can be in connection with everything then i can start to live my life from a place of choosing consciously how i am in relationship with that and to give the example we tend to as a society live disconnected most of us don't don't know our feelings most of us don't know how our body functions most of us don't understand how our mind functions most of us don't understand that yeah. we you, me, and everybody else, we are connected. We are one. And if I'm doing something in my life that is not good for you, I'm doing something that is not good for me. Even though at some point in my team that I'm actually doing something for me, but it's yeah. the understanding that there's a sense of unity and oneness, even though at the same time we are separate. And the more that I can bring that into this present moment here now, the more that I can actually respond to life with what it needs and not the condition programming that I might have. That's interesting. That's an interesting concept. And so can you like give an example of what that means? You say we're, we're disconnected, not only disconnected sometimes within ourselves, which I think people can understand, but also with our environment and with what's going on around us. Can you give an example of that? 
Yes, definitely. So, for example, I, I, used, I, I grew up in Argentina. I grew up as a typical kid, um, mainstream, with all of the different things in terms of TV and sports and mm -hmm. going to the shopping mall and buying and consuming. And at that time, I didn't know how my actions in terms of consumerism were actually impacting the mother earth like this planet that we all live and we are part of we are not yeah. separate from her and now especially with i know that climate change can be a big topic but it's easy to see within some areas how our consumption for example of a t-shirt or any clothing item that i own the amount of resources that that needs to actually be created and the people that needs to create it, how they are treated in the conditions that they are actually making those clothes are so bad that I now consciously cannot participate in that. I cannot participate in the fast fashion, in the cheap clothing, in the clothing that is not organic and sustain sustainably and ethically made. And that is because I started to connect more with why I care and also I was educated fortunately about what is actually happening with that and when I can relate more from that place of me buying a t-shirt actually has an impact of some on someone's life and on the resources that we're taking from the planet then I can start to actually realize I am connected with that and if they are suffering I am suffering hmm. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting concept. So that's how you have learned how to connect, say, with someone you don't even know just by how you consume stuff. And I would argue the same can be, right, you're right, climate change. That's not necessarily what, but it's, it's big right now. And so your choice to do solar or gas or whatever directly affects the planet that we're all living in, and it directly affects whoever's on the other end operating that. So I, I can understand how being aware of that can um, change your behaviors. So how did this come about for you? So how does someone live conscious, more conscious specifically to themselves and what's going on even with themselves? Like how, do somebody, how does somebody do that? Mm, yes. This is, this is so important because I always say everything starts with you. Everything starts with me. I agree. This, this is about opening myself to curiosity and to questioning. Not seeking answers, but being open to questions to see what actually resonates with me. What is the things that I have been conditioned and how am I just taking them for what they are? And, you know, I was fortunate enough to live, uh, to grow up in a really nice, beautiful family, being loved by my parents. And not everyone has that, but the fact that my parents gave me that space and as well that my parents were on their own journey and they brought that into my home, that allowed me to do that and not to have as much conditioning as many other people have. But saying that, I still need to go and question my life 
and go and do the practices that resonated with me. I was completely out of touch with my feelings and I started doing a lot of practices like yoga and, and some other dance movement practices to get me back into connecting with my being. And well, how did the, you know that? How did you know you were out of connection with your feelings, for example? Like how would even somebody even know that? I, mostly I didn't know, yet people, uh, especially my parents, would tell me when I was younger, especially when I was a young teenager, that I was okay. bottling down all of my feelings, that I wasn't communicating how I was. They were like, are you okay? And I was always saying, you know, like that I was okay. And I have no idea what I really, if I was okay or not, because I didn't know what was happening. And, mm -hmm. and, and I think that my parents at that moment realized, you know, that I wasn't. So they would, they would tell me, are you sure? Are you just not okay. being communicating it? And I was like, no, I'm okay. And I think that it's because I wasn't connected with myself. And it wasn't until I started exploring some of these different practices that some of them are what we would call spiritual and some of them weren't spiritual that actually showed me like, oh, wow, this is new. This is interesting. I had never felt this. I had never experienced this. And with that, that gave me the understanding that what I used to have was a complete disconnection from my body and my experiencing. Okay. That's really interesting. I mean, and you are, you're lucky that you have parents that are that engaged because most people honestly probably do not have that ability. Not that their parents aren't loving per se, but they don't know, or they can't connect in that way saying, no, you're not okay. Something is off. There are so many people out there that when asked they're okay by their loved ones, the answer is an automatic yes. Um, even though they know or they may even be able to feel that they're not okay. How do you coach people? Because you do have this coaching program when they, to find out, to kind of tap into their inner selves and realize if they're good in these areas. Like I call this kind of self-care and self-maintenance, like a check-in. And I think this is vital to long-term permanent changes, like whether it's your health, whether it's social, your attitude, your positive thinking, I think you have to be able to check in with yourself. But say you didn't have those types of parents, how do people know when they're not okay? What are some signs that they can look for? Yes, thank you for that. And I think that there's, usually I say there's two different paths to people wanting to to find that space or find or coming to work with me or, or going to work with someone else and trying to start this journey and one is when they hit complete rock bottom that okay. is that is one of the path is completely rock bottom and then it's like okay like this definitely wasn't working i need to do something else but then yeah. there's some people that realize you know life shouldn't be this stressful life life shouldn't be this hard and they are not finding that balance they are they they have a lot of the things that we in society would say this is a successful life the the, the work the money the family but somehow it's not actually well and mm -hmm. when people find that a lot of times they start to to 
want to find some answers and want to find some guidance and and that's what I what I work mostly with people is just being able to to see where are you and where do you want to go and how do we bridge that gap and for every client it's always different yes of course there's certain elements that I use because those are the tools that I learned and those are the tools that I share but with every single client it's basically what do they need because some of my clients for example come and they are super wrapped up in their heads and we need to get them to understand more the physical and the somatic aspect of their life they need to connect more with their feelings they need to connect more with their with their breath yet we need to work a lot here in their heads because if they are not working with their heads and that is the main issue that they have then they are not going to be able to get out of that and then there's other people that all that they want is more of what we would call a spiritual connection so we do more practices to open the flow of that energy and that is where they want to go they are more on that path of awakening to a spiritual life whatever that means for them yeah and we try to work towards that space then there's more people that want to find more balance so for example like one of my clients he came because he was unhappy at work and yeah. and i'm like okay so let's see what we can do here and he he was stressed because his wife was uh, pregnant with a second baby and that relationship was suffering because he wasn't happy at work and he wasn't able to be there with his kid and he knew i have a second one on the way i need to change yeah and we worked a lot on how to deal with work how could he be at work and by working with that after a few months he called me once we finished working together he called me and he said uh that the baby was born and that he thanked me because he was so happy that his relationship was in such a good place because we were able to work with all of the stresses from work yeah and that i think that it's part of that balance in life that I, that i'm so fortunate to be able to to see and to and to guide people to and to empower themselves to actually yeah. do that no i agree and i see a lot of my own um patients who struggle with work um a lot of i have seen in my own practice medical problems comes from stress at work i call that area of life environment so i kind of split it up and you probably do into like different aspects and i'm like okay we need to tackle one thing at a time and so a lot of people carry stress from their environment whether and you brought up a good point it's their relationships relationships at home and relationships at work that matters that matters in your overall health and how you manage that and handle that and your awareness and mindfulness of that matter so much cuz i know you're in new zealand but here in america like we it's work is a big deal we work a lot and a lot of us don't pay enough attention to kind of some of our other or build up some of our other relationships. So kind of how do people and I know you work with this too even for that example you gave, how do you balance life and work? Like how do you help people 
to balance that. Something I guess maybe anybody can use when they're struggling with relationships at work and relationships at home that's honestly causing stress in their life. Thank you for that. Yes, I think the first thing is acknowledging where they are. So acknowledging that I might be stressed, I might not have the best relationships. The first step is always acknowledging where we are. Because once we acknowledge it, then there's the space for deciding, do I want that to stay like that? Or do I want to, to be able to create a change? And then one of the main things for me, and this is the interesting thing, I, I help my clients see that their life is one life. Yes, we have different arenas. Yes, we have the different environments, as you were saying. We work, we have our friends, we have our community, we have perhaps a partner or a family. But all of that is just one. So there's one Brian, there's just one life. And when I understand that, I can start to understand that one aspect of my life will actually have an impact on everything else because everything else is just one. Yet, how do we work with that when I work with my clients is I start by getting them to realize how are they showing up? How are they showing up when they, for example, get from work to home? Are they doing anything to let that cycle of work and the next cycle that is home, are they doing Mm -hmm. something to allow them to, in a sense, finish the energy and the mindset of I'm at work, whether that is for now stressful or not, or where they want to be or not, how can they finish that cycle and allow the next cycle? And and a lot of times, I, I tell with some of my clients, especially at the beginning, is if they are driving or if they go, you know, in public transport home, take that yeah. time or take five minutes on that just to sit and whether one would call that meditation or not it doesn't matter it's just taking the time to take a couple of long deep breaths to allow that experience to finish and to show up where you are now without carrying that baggage of that stress or whatever you're taking with you so yeah allowing each moment to be its moment without carrying the the thing that came before and this as you were saying before being mindful and having awareness is one of the biggest things so working a lot on ourselves to understand how are we doing that how am i carrying over this space to the next space and do i want to do that and sometimes i do want to do that because sometimes you know there's so much energy and and things were flowing so well that i'm like i want to carry this to the next so it's not about just completely disconnecting with that it's about being more mindful that i'm stepping into a new environment how do i want to be in that new environment yeah yeah i really like that idea of showing up um because I also kind of echo that, like, for one, you need, if you want to do anything well, regardless of what area, so to speak, of your one life it's in, you need to be able to show up. You need to be able to show up to that workout class. You need to be able to show up for your wife's 
important or husband's important function, your kid's baseball or football game, you know, and, and you need to be present. So I think you made a huge point, like whenever you're done, because here we do a lot, like we all often carry, and I've been um, tagged with this too. I'm guilty. Like where I carry often work home with me. It's very easy to do as, especially as a surgeon, when you're on call and I have consciously also made the decision to be present for my family, not on my phone or on the computer while we're all having dinner. You almost, you have to make space and make time for that. And I think you're the transition time um, that you gave an example of like in your car, if you're, cause here we, we predominantly drive everywhere, then take deep breaths and, and know where you're going and where you've left and kind of separate the two. So my other big question is a lot of people hold on to stress. I personally feel, and you can kind of give us more insight on that, people, when they have stress, they I, I call it like compartmentalizing, and they like hoard it in their bodies. And then from a body standpoint, it can come out as high blood pressure or headaches or chronic pain or all these different things. So how can conscious living help alleviate the stress? I guess it's kind of a, a two-part. And how can you live without stress? What do you recommend for people? Yes. So the first thing is understanding that you can live without stress. Because if we don't believe that that's possible, then that won't be possible. So- exactly. Thoughts. <laughs> the first thing is the thoughts in your head. We probably need to repeat that. You can live without stress. Perfect. Yes. Thank you. And, and, and understanding that you know one of my teachers is to say stress is not tension is normal stress is not so tension it is normal and we are going to feel tension every single day because life is full of these moments our physical body actually needs tension to function if i don't have tension Mm -hmm. i cannot move work there's going to be challenges relationships there's going to be challenges Mm -hmm. now how I am perceiving that and how I'm responding to that, that makes me be stressed or not. And I can say from my experience, I used to be a very stressed out person when I was younger. And luckily, through all of these practices and the journey that I have been in, I have been able to, for the past 15 years, not be stressed. And and I know the experience was a lot due to changing Yes, my ideas in my mind and my beliefs in my mind, but as well to work a lot with my body. So for most of us, we hold at the beginning, especially most of our stress on our neck and shoulders area. Yeah. And then once we have a lot of that there, we go to the lower back (laughs) and then we go to the knees. So these are the three areas that most of the stress gets as you were saying like in a sense compression yes yeah and what do we do so one of the things that i do a lot is and this is one of the those uh quick tips that i usually tell to everyone not only my clients but anyone that i'm like running a workshop or a class anytime that i go to a business to give a talk i say if you take anything from this uh, from this talk is move your shoulders moving your shoulders every single day in whatever shape and form you want to do it. So, you know, up and down or circles. I prefer the circles. 
and doing that multiple times per day. I used to have a post-it on the corner of my computer that said shoulder. So anytime that I was in the computer working, because I, I worked most of my life, I worked in front of a computer in a, in a desk. Uh, sometimes I did a lot of like a lot of labor um, and movement work, but most of it has been sitting. So I have actually put that there. So then every time that I see that during the day, I move my shoulders, and then once I move my shoulder, if I do that for at least one minute, and and I invite everyone that is listening to this to move your shoulders, even if you're listening to me. After one minute, most people are going to actually have this reaction that if you can see it, it's just that clicking and that moving of the neck, wanting to escape that because there's a lot of tightness there. Okay. That is a show of, uh, that shows how much stress we have built up there because for me, I don't need to move it. And that doesn't mean that I, I don't need to move yet. I don't need to escape that feeling. So I usually move my shoulders and then I will move my head slowly in some circles or up and down just to be able to open up this area and to relax this area. That for me is the best thing that we can do every single day to get us to that place. Now, to be able to stay as well uh, without stress, we need to be more present. The stress comes from taking the past with us and focusing on potential futures and hypothetical scenarios. So the more that we learn to connect with this moment now in the present, the easier it is not to develop that stress. And of course, that is really challenging to do. (laughs) This takes understanding, this takes time, yet it is possible. And one of the things that I usually tell to people is, the more that you're in, in your body, being aware of the feelings in your body, being aware of your breath, how it flows, even if you are not doing any specific practice with your breath, mm-hmm. just noticing and being aware of it, that brings you more grounded. That brings yes. you more to the present. The body lives in the present. Yes, it is taking on what I would call blockages or, or unfinished, unprocessed feelings and experiences, it's taking it with it, but the body actually lives in the present. So the mind is the one that is living in all of these different spaces. And yes, it's amazing, but we need to know how to use our mind and not to allow the mind to use us. So the more that I'm able to actually be present and use my body consciously, being aware of it, whether that is with yoga or meditation or that's running or swimming or whatever physical activity I want to do, but being aware of what is actually happening in the body as I am doing that, that takes a lot of that mind stress out of the picture and then we can start to not build new stress. And then we can release some of the stress. I use different, you know, different practices to release some of the stuck energy or stuck feelings, but at least not adding new. Yeah, no, I agree. This has been very helpful. And I have one last question before we wrap it up for people 
who have almost like their mind is racing and um, they keep focusing on thoughts, almost like more, it's usually negative thoughts. I don't know why so many people are stuck negative. People don't always focus on positive thoughts all the time, which they should, but a lot of people almost focused on negative thoughts, like almost like if you were to say, you know, you need to form a new habit. And all they do is can focus on that new habit and they can't almost kind of get out of that, regardless of what it may be. What do you recommend for people who are trying to make a change, but keep focusing on that thing, whatever it is in front of them, instead of kind of being able to move forward? Yes. So, uh, of course, just uh, as as a background for what I'm going to say, of course, we are going to go to the negative more than the positive because that has been the way that we have been educated. And our, oh, really sub, our subconscious mind, which runs just programs, is yes. just going to go to that all of the time. So how can we try to get more into the conscious mind, the, the conscious part of our mind? Because most of the day, we are living in automatic pilot. And that automatic yes. pilot is mostly made out of that negative thought patterns or those or those um, ideas and beliefs that are not that conducive to being connected and being kind and compassionate to ourselves and to others. So, and that's in the subconscious. Yes. And most of us live there most of the day. <laughs> okay. So the way to change this, and this comes, you know, from... Um, in a sense, from an energetic standpoint or from a neuroscientific standpoint, it comes from an understanding that we can actually change. Like uh, my brain is plastic enough so that I can have the creation of the new thought patterns and the new um, the new neurons that are going to to get fatter. And the fatter that they get, the more electricity that goes through them. So the more that I repeat, repeat, and repeat something that I believe that is positive, then that is going to eventually get to that place. Now, this means that at the beginning, if we are using the repetition model, that can take time. So we need to have discipline. We need to understand what am I trying to do what am I trying to not do? Where am I going? And having that focus, like I have, for example, even though I have been doing this work with myself for the last 17 years, I still do the work every single day. Yeah, I wake up, I, I do, as soon as I wake up, I repeat in my mind the first thing that I do when I wake up. I repeat in my mind the words love, peace, and light. Love, peace, and light. Love, peace, and light. Yeah. It's the first thing that I do. I don't check my phone as soon as I wake up. I do that. I get up. I move my body. I go and I have a few uh, post-its on the wall with some different um, affirmations of the mm-hmm. things that I'm thankful for. Positive affirmations. Yes, I repeat that. Thank you for this beautiful life. Thank you for the love in my life. You know, bringing awareness yeah. to the things that I have, even the things that I don't yet have, 
or that I believe that I don't have, yeah. I think for that. And when I do that, then I can start to bring that into the awareness of the conscious and the unconscious mind, the subconscious mind. So when we do that repetition, eventually we're going to get that to be the automatic pilot. I, the reason why I've been able to do what I do and not get stressed is because I created this new habit and these new patterns. Yeah. Now, what can we do if we want a quick fix? A lot of times that doesn't exist, unfortunately, but it's seeking for <laughs> Thank help. Thank you. <laughs> yes, it's, it's seeking for help sometimes and getting that guidance and getting someone to hold you accountable for. Having someone that is keeping you accountable, especially someone that is not your family, that is not your parents, that is not your siblings, someone that you know, um, especially if, you know, for example, like if you're putting some money into it, whether that is $5 or whether that is $10,000, it doesn't matter. You are paying, you are going to want to make your money, to get your money's worth. And you are going to have someone that is keeping you accountable for what you're doing. And noticing that in our mind, the biggest thing is that we are going to get to those doubts. We are going to get to that self-sabotage. But the more that I know that that's going to happen, the more that I can be with that. And I can be thankful for my mind that wants to protect me because my mind is not against me. My mind just wants me to survive. And what it knows is how the previous generations that are the ones that model these behaviors in my mind, they survive because of that. So then my mind is like, oh, this is happening, whether that is an internal thing or or something from my environment is happening. My mind is going to be, I want to survive. So it's going to kick in with those thoughts and those beliefs so can i actually be thankful to my mind or to my ego or to whatever we want to call that little voice inside yeah. of our head can i be You're thankful it, whatever <laughs> yeah can i be thankful for what is it coming what is it saying because i want to have a relationship with myself that is kind that is of compassion so can i be okay with that and at the same time you know what I was saying before about the repetition. There's, uh, I actually talked with someone and they said something that was really interesting. They fake it till you make it. Yeah, which we've is, heard that which, here, yes. Which is really good. This person actually said, be it till you are it. <laughs> and that is, for me, that is really different. They are quite similar. But it's quite different. One, the faking it, you don't believe that you are that. But when I am something, when I believe that I am, you know, positive, that I am loved, that I am compassionate, I am kind, I am strong, I am, you know, empowered, all of these different things, whether that in a sense is real or not, the more that I can bring that into my awareness, into my consciousness, the more that my body is going to react to that. So, for example, my position of how I am all of the time tells a lot about that. I think that 
a lot of people have seen those power poses. I don't know if in the video it's going to be easy, but you know, the Wonder Woman posture, that yeah. actually, that is not only like, because it's Wonder Woman, that creates so many chemical reactions in our bodies because of the posture, because what that represents in the body is, you know, open chest, tall, yeah. strong and power. That mm -hmm. is giving my mind all of the signals to be like, this is the time to release all of these different chemicals and yeah. that the more that i'm able to do that that helps instead of being the entire day you know with the phone here and just slouching and like that that yeah, is exactly. empowered this is empowered right. and this yes. this is not you know my one of my teachers he said be a royal peacock for a few minutes every single day you know it's not for anybody else it's about you it's just go around in your room and be like you know like, I am this royal peacock and just going to, to be that because that brings energy. Yes. And it's it small stuff me. like that that makes a difference. Yeah. No, I agree. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing this knowledge and teaching us how to find balance and, and live consciously. And I know you have a coaching program. Do you coach all over the world internationally? Yes. yes okay. I, Can you I tell do. people where to find you? Definitely. Thank you for that. I, I do. Uh, I run programs, whether it's individual or in groups, on, on consciousaction.co.nz or consciousaction.nz as New Zealand. Uh, or find me by my name online, Brian Burnerman. And, and you can see all of the different offerings that I have in the services. And all that I want to do is to, to actually be of service to others because I have been blessed in this life to yeah. to be able to have this support and this understanding from a young age. And I yeah. wish that we can all get to that point. And just as a last note, if someone speaks in Spanish as well, I do this in Spanish. Okay. No, that's perfect. Thank you very much. We'll also put your information in our show notes. Thank you for joining us today. Um, and giving us this knowledge. It was very helpful and useful. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, that's it. Awesome.